This is episode two of Z-Dunks and the Wild Man. I am the Wild Man, Joe Szymanski. And I'm Z-Dunks. All right. And we will start off with some of the biggest news coming out from one of the big Super Bowl contenders uh, this past week. Patriots wide receiver and well-known deep threat and also well-known pot smoker, Josh (laughs) Gordon. That's facts. Suspended indefinitely once again for breaking his terms of what I would basically call his probation uh, with the NFL. Uh, he broke his terms poorly. He was cut and released by, I believe he was released by the Patriots. Well, he essentially resigned and walked away from Yeah, football. he basically, he basically wa- quit from football to focus on mental health issues, which is a whole nother issue within itself. But what we see here is maybe a whole nother issue within the NFL, Zach. Uh, we talk about marijuana use a lot in the NFL, yeah. and it's as it's becoming more and more legal across the United States of America, it's going to be something that's going to be talked about a lot. So g- give me your opinions on Josh Gordon's kind of whole career, his his whole mess of things that he's done for himself. Josh Gordon has the ability to, to change a game, okay. and I think he's a big play receiver, he's a big guy. I think <laughs> despite his mistakes, he's a smart guy, and I think this really shows what addiction can do to people. Uh, Chris Carter had a very powerful line on it, and he described how he struggled with addiction and how many other NFL players who seem to have their lives together, they have kids, families, careers, and this is a job. This is entertainment, but this is also a job for these men. Yeah. And they go out there every week, and there's a game check every week, and every week you can't play, every week you can't provide or produce, it's it's off you, and... I really feel for Josh Gordon. There's two takes on this. One, Gordon, how the fuck do you get back on the weed? You had your whole career back on track. You went to New England. That's where they fixed that shit. You know, I honestly, I'm so disappointed in him. But I also feel for him because as an NFL player, you <coughs> are in pain a lot. Oh, yeah. Every Monday after a game. Or Tuesday. Like, yeah, it feels like you've been in a car wreck. And I don't play football, but I can empathize with how I see these hits. And even with the advanced concussion protocol and all mm-hmm. this jazz, it is a physical sport. Mm-hmm. You can put all the bells and whistles, penalties on it. We'll talk about that in the Steelers game. Oh, hey. Oh, hey, hey. And, cool. <laughs> You can put all you want on it, but final take, it's it's a physical sport, and sometimes they need something to cope with that. And I don't know why he felt that this was his only option. I can understand some NFL players, painkillers like Brett Favre were an issue, mm-hmm. and it can be a really downward spiral, and it negatively affects him. And it's something that we point at him as having control over, when in fact... He can't control addictions. Addictions are something that you can't control. That's why it's called an addiction. Yeah, exactly. And if you get off that stuff, you're going to crave it. You're going to want it. You need support, both emotional and physical, to help you get off that. So I am disappointed in Josh Gordon. He threw away a second chance. He was having a solid season. He was having a very good season as a deep threat for the New England Patriots. Wasn't getting always the most receptions, but he was getting a lot of yards if he saw his stats usually over 75 to almost 100 yards per game. He was their deep threat. Uh, yeah, definitely some disappointing. Now, how I see it is, like you mentioned, uh, marijuana has begun to be seen a little bit more as like a painkiller almost and maybe a little bit better than some of the opiates that we have out there today that also cause addictions, that also have a lot of issues. 
within themselves. It's it's kind of, it's very sad. But uh, this all started, of course, when he was in Cleveland the first. Well, not even before Cleveland, when he was in college. Uh, there were there were questions about him when he was at Baylor about his attitude and about his abilities and you know his his actual want to uh, drug problems. Basically, there were a lot of issues about that. And you know you've brought up some stats here. I mean, obviously he had that three year break, uh, 2014 to 2017, but still in his career. He has only with 220 receptions already almost 4,000 receiving yards. That's prolific. And this year, in 41 receptions, has 18 yards per reception. That is a deep threat personified. And it's so, like, I mean, again, so disappointing, but you have to question whether this would have started if the NFL had maybe a little bit more relaxed marijuana policy. And I think if they want to modernize, I think a lot of leagues are going to have to do this, too. I think the NBA is going to have to deal with it. Uh, Major League Baseball is going to have to deal with it. A lot of the professional sports organizations are going to have to deal with the fact that in states like, I mean, Washington and Colorado, it's already legalized. Uh, A lot of New England, it's already legalized. It's going to become more and more. Colorado. Pennsylvania here. It it could become legalized within the next year. Absolutely. So, I mean, there's going to be a lot of questions that I think a lot of these sports leagues have to answer. And I think... It's going to have to come down to the teams and their players to have to monitor it when it comes to this. It's going to have that's going to, what's going to have to be and I know that sounds hard for a lot of people, but and I'm very not used to having to say this, but I think a lot of leagues should take a look at the National Hockey League. The NHL when they do their drug tests do not actually test for THC. Did you know that, Zach? No, I didn't. They do not test for THC, basically making marijuana legal in the NHL. And it makes a lot of sense, of course. You have seven of your 31 teams in Canada where recreational marijuana is legal across the country. So it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, you know, they have a team in Colorado. They've got a team in Boston, you know. Teams where marijuana is, you know, legal. So And you have to go and travel to these places. So it, it could be easy if THC were to, like, not even do it. Like, it could show up on your, like, hair or something because you're in one of these cities. So it makes sense of why they wouldn't test for it, because you don't really know, maybe. But I think the problem with Josh Gordon for me is that when this whole came out and we started talking about this, it wasn't just marijuana anymore. It was stuff like cocaine, stuff like that. And we talk about this all the time in school. I mean, I've never personally done drugs, marijuana. I can't do that type of stuff, because I've got... Some, um, I've got a condition in my body. I've got potential lung problems that are very serious if I would ever smoke anything. I mean, I, I've, ne- I've known people who have smoked marijuana, though. I don't know if you've ever smoked marijuana, Zach. I don't, I'm pretty sure you haven't. I know you haven't, but I know we are in the same friend group. Yeah. We know people who have. Uh, it's not a drug that I think leads to a lot of gateways, but I think with Josh Gordon, I think it's just a cycle of deployment and depression. There's obviously something going on in his head, uh, especially if he starts doing stuff like cocaine, getting into deeper drugs well, like that. Well, the only reason they do drugs like this is because there's underlying issues. Oh, yeah. So we got to figure out what's wrong, with, what's wrong with a dude like Josh Gordon who's having a successful... Is it CTE? Do we have that, to ask that question? Is it CTE? That's, that's a big question. Is that a that's question a loaded, we have to that's ask? That's a loaded question. That's a loaded question, but is it one we have to ask? 
But Josh Gordon, I mean, he he avoided security detail. Did you hear about this part, too, about the no. story? The Patriots actually had security detail on him, and he avoided them to, I guess, go out clubbing, I guess, before wow. he had spent it. So he actually... He and it's sad, it's sad on both sides that Josh Gordon felt like he had to avoid a security detail. And the Patriots felt like Josh Gordon had to have a security detail. Yeah. That within itself is a point on both sides. It's a really sad story. Uh, it's, you it's know, disappointing. Disappointing, you know, but there's two sides of the story. Do leagues like the NFL have to, I think, modernize their, their uh, marijuana laws when it comes to THC? I think they do. But it With, is, within reason. But within reason, within and it's reason. still up to the players yeah. to monitor this, to, you know, channel this within, <laughs> in themselves and make sure it doesn't become such a proprietary, you know, use that they end up going down the path Josh Gordon has, who has been such an unbelievable talent. We all remember that rookie season he had in Cleveland. I think that's something that so many people remember. I remember it, how incredible that rookie season was for him. It was explosive. I mean, almost 2,000. I think it was almost like 1,500 yards receiving or something like that. An incredible season. Sad to see it have to end like this. Probably the end of Josh Gordon's career. Uh, yeah, this is, this is it. Which is sad to say. Because when, when, when you hear interviews with me, he seems like such a nice guy. It sucks to say it. But this is the end of Josh Gordon's career, and it started all the way back in college, you feel like, with loads upon loads of marijuana use and drug suspensions, and it just kept getting worse. Uh, there's a whole, whole issue we can dig in here, but... To, to wrap this up, I'm just going to say, mm -hmm. uh, drugs uh, can derail any player's yeah. potential, and Gordon had superstar potential. Definitely. And the drugs kind of took over, and yeah. that's pretty much... Case closed. Case so. closed on Josh Gordon. Nice to know, but let's get back into some real issues. Let's get back from the tough issues, and let's get back into some football, baby. Absolutely. So, let's start with one of the Saturday games this week. One of the two Saturday games. The Baltimore Ravens head over to Los Angeles to take down the Chargers, and they take them down 22-10. to 10. And that is a good news for the Ravens. That's a big win Huge big, win. big win in their playoff, in their division hopes. Puts Lamar Jackson. in the four seed. It's in the four seed with a Steelers loss, which we'll talk about later. <laughs> but uh, a big, big, big victory for Baltimore, especially with both Indianapolis and Tennessee. Then proceeding to win this weekend. Uh, Lamar Jackson only threw 12 for 22. Not the greatest, but threw for 204 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Edwards. For the Ravens, uh, pretty solid. 14 carries and 92 yards. Phillip Rivers, really disappointing game for him. Uh, 23 or 37, but <coughs> only 181 yards and two picks again for Rivers. Showing some of that inaccuracy that we've always kind of felt he's had. Uh, Melvin Gordon, uh, disappointing day for him. Only 41 yards on 12 carries. Did get a touchdown, but a disappointing day for him and a disappointing day for the Chargers. Had a huge opportunity to take the one seed Especially again. With the Chiefs losing. It well, is... we wouldn't have known about that until Sunday night. Yeah. But that's a huge opportunity missed again by the Chargers. Second straight week. Uh, that's a big loss, and especially at home too, mm -hmm. in which the fan base seems to be growing there. They're a winning team in the playoffs. <coughs> oh, excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. But just in a position where it's not. It's becoming a little bit disappointing. Justin Tucker, and maybe Ravens a little bit late, um, uh, lucky too. Justin Tucker missed two field goals today. Uh, very uncanny of him. But Zach, what, what do you take away from this game? What do you think the big takeaway? 
I think it shows the potential in Lamar Jackson. Oh, yeah. And it also really shows where Flacco's future might lie. It's definitely not in Baltimore. And I think where we're looking at the QB market in the offseason, Flacco could definitely end up in places such as Jacksonville or possibly New York, just anywhere where they might be looking for I mean, you could put Washington maybe even on that list. New York if, Giants, of course, not. Yeah, not the Jets, of course, with Darnold. But you mean you could put the Washington Redskins on that list if they feel like uh, Alex Smith <laughs> Give needs Give Josh Johnson a chance. <clears throat> yeah, but if they feel like um, uh, Alex Smith's injury is where it is and where it could potentially be, obviously Flacco's a landing space there. Yeah. We talk about Denver if Case Keenum's still going to have that starting job come next year. Yeah. A couple of – definitely a couple of options for – Not a lot of talk about Denver. So we'll, well, get, we'll get to them later. We'll get now. to them a little bit later. But, yeah, disappointing disappointing game for the Chargers again Absolutely. now. Absolutely. It also shows Baltimore's <clears throat> got the top scoring defense and – Tavon Young had a fumble return for a touchdown late yep. in the fourth quarter, and that was the clincher. They also had Marlon Humphrey on interception, Brandon Card interception, yep. and it really illustrates their ability to create big takeaways and big plays. Really impressed by Baltimore defense, and that's what's – if the they Raven. handle business against the Browns, so it's going to take them to the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Right. But yeah, big big win for the Ravens. Keeps them in the playoff hunt. Keeps them very very much in there. It gives them a pretty good shot of making the playoffs. Absolutely. This week. All right. On to the next game. Uh, we're illustrating Dallas's twenty seven twenty win over Tampa Bay. Dallas moves on to nine and six. Clinches the NFC East. Da da. Wee. <laughs> Congratulations, Dallas. And they finally got <coughs> it. Now the real question is, what will they do in the playoffs? Exactly. All right, on to the stats. Jameis Winston, 34-48, 336 yards, a touchdown, no picks. Peyton Barber, 17 carries, 43 yards, no touchdowns. Really kind of a lackluster back down there. They need a big player. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Evans, six receptions, 90 yards, and a tutty. Uh, Dak had 20-25, 161 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. And Zeke, 18 carries and 85 yards. What I noticed in this game is Tampa Bay had about 10 minutes more in time of possession. Also, Dallas capitalized on turnovers. Uh, They sacked Jameis Winston. Uh, Jalen Smith recovered. Um, Also, a big fumble. Jalen Smith recovered again. Mm -hmm. Returned it 60-some yards for a touchdown. Uh, Dallas took advantage oh, yeah. of the short field situations, and they they also relied on their new kicker Brett Maher, who hit I think a fifty nine yarder, which he's, is pretty he's, impressive. He's continued to improve over the season. He, he has range, been. which is really helpful, especially in tight playoff games. And oh yeah, I'm impressed with Dallas's game planning because Jason Garrett. Uh, He's not a great coach, everyone knows this. Yeah. But he's playing to his team's strengths right now. He's banking on good defense and efficient offense. Yeah. Maybe not a great offense, but it's efficient and that's what's been working for them right now. Yeah. Which I is mean, big. It is big because when Dak can have a hundred sixty some yards, put up a touchdown or two, and you can still handily win, that's a good formula for success, especially using the talent on both sides of the ball. They're really limited at uh, at tight end, but uh, the addition of Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup on the outside provides some deep threats. Oh, yeah. And that O-line's always good. So. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, again, Dallas, uh, it's a big win. Officially clinches the NFC East for them. That's a huge win. Puts that away. No more worries Stick now for Week 17. Stick it to the Philly fans. 
sticking it to the Philly fans a little bit, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, huge, huge victory for Cat Dallas. Now really don't have anything to worry about. Come week 17, can rest a lot of their players. They're basically stuck there in that fourth seed. They're going to get a home playoff game. They're going to be the fourth seed. Yep. Uh, basically stuck there. It's all gravy at this point. I would. I mean, you're probably going to see players like Zeke and Dak and Cooper, players like them, Vander Esch. Yeah. Players like that are probably going to be rested. Absolutely. For the coming week, which is, you know, something that you've always got to focus on. You want to make sure it happens because, you know, don't want any serious injuries coming into the final week of the playoffs. And that's huge for everyone in Dallas. And, you know, we have to give congrats to them. A lot of people uh, saw them as a, you know, sub-mediocre team this year. And they started out like that, certainly. But they made a trade, uh, got Amari Cooper, spread out their offense a little bit. And it made it a huge deal. Made it a huge deal to play in Dallas. Uh, a great second half of the season. Uh, a great, great second half of the season. I think, remember, they were 4-5 and five going into Thanksgiving, I think. 4-4. Four and four. Something around those yeah, lines. they're around 500. Around 500. Going, like, 4 and... Let's, they, I believe they were 4-4 four and four going into Thanksgiving game against the, uh, the um, uh, Redskins. Redskins. yeah. Uh, and now their record is 9 and. Six. Six, so that's a solid four and two, um, a five and two slide the rest of the way. Great second half of the season. Uh, I don't know how much good you can give to Jason Garrett, like you said, but if he's coaching to his team's strengths, you know, then good for him. I still don't think he's a good coach. No, I, I prefer. I think it, like, I, 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 think I, I, I think, I think he probably should have been fired maybe a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, obviously, he's not going to get fired now. Add another year of job security to him. See, he gets lucky. I feel like. Job security in Dallas happens when you see slight results Mm -hmm. because they're so used to mediocrity that when they had that breakout season a couple years back, Dak and Zeke's rookie season. Incredible season by them. What, 13-3 or something? Garrett got like nice extension there. Uh, Garrett was on the ropes again after a couple mediocre seasons, and then he's right back in a good position. And I know last year the Titans coach – Mike Malarkey. Mike Malarkey. He was gone. They made the playoffs and won a, won a playoff game. They yeah. beat the Chiefs. They won a yeah, playoff game in Arrowhead. Then they're in position to make playoffs again. <laughs> so you know, not really a terrible team. Just they felt a culture change was needed, and it's just surprising to me how some locations, some teams, mm-hmm. praise the little success they have. Other teams, it's not enough, and they'll get rid of you. And I feel like Jason Garrett. Yeah. If he was on another team, probably wouldn't have as much opportunity. But, you know, Jerry is up there. Well, I watching. think Jerry Jerry likes Jerry likes Jason because I think Jason's pretty loyal to, to Jerry up there. He's he's not exactly a man who's going to complain. Got his back. Probably. A lot what Jerry Jones is going to do. And I think that probably makes Jerry Jones uh, pretty happy, I think, up there sitting in his... <laughs> Uh, probably like a million dollar press box up there. Absolutely. That probably makes him pretty happy sitting on his leather chair, clapping while he holds his spectacles. But let's stay course in the NFC East. The Philadelphia Eagles hold on somehow. God knows how. But somehow, the Eagles stay alive in the playoff hunt 32 to 30. Over the Houston Texans, and, uh, and and that is benefit of an amazing game by Deshaun Watson. Uh, twenty nine for forty and three thirty nine passing yards well, and Nick two Foles touchdowns. Too. Check out full stats. Well, yeah, Foles had an incredible game as well. But he also had eight carries of forty eight yards and two TTs on the ground. Four total TDs. 
for Deshaun Watson. And again, another incredible game by DeAndre Hopkins. Nine receptions for 104 yards. Big game for him. But big story. The legend continues of St. Nick of Philadelphia. This week, 35 for 49, 471 yards, four touchdowns, and a pick. An incredible game from Nick Foles. Absolutely incredible. Nelson Aguilar as well. Big game from him after a big game from Alshon Jeffrey last week. Big game from Nelson Aguilar this week. Five receptions for 116 yards and a touchdown. Big story, though. Zach Ertz set a record this week. Most receptions by any tight end in the single season in NFL history. Uh, Broke that record with 12 more receptions this week and 110 yards by far and wide. Uh, In my opinion, the best tight end in in the league right now. He's better than Gronk, in my opinion. Yeah, Gronk's had a bad season. Well, so Gronk's washed. We, we yeah. can talk about that a lot later. Gronk's washed, in my opinion. He's old. He's gone. But the main storyline we have to take away from this, Philly stays alive on a 38-yard, last-second Jake Elliott field goal, wins in the game, gets the victory, stay alive. The storyline really does write itself. If Nick Foles can take this Eagles team to the playoffs again with the issues they've had this season... Uh, they were dead in the water a couple weeks back. Oh, my God. Yeah. They were dead. They, were de- they weren't just dead in the water. Like, they were stabbed in the chest multiple times dead. They, their season should have been over a couple <coughs> weeks ago. But uh, Nick Foles continues to do amazing things that... Shouldn't be happening. Yeah, it's, it's like the whole Philly special all over again. Just unlikely success. And I would be... I would be so impressed if Nick Foles could take him back to the playoffs. And if they make a deep playoff run, dare say a Super Bowl run. Do you ask questions? Oh, my. That. So, let's, you know what, let's, let's hypothetically, let's ask that question. Storyline writes itself. Nick it's Foles phenomenal. or Carson Wentz? If Foles, let's, let's say Foles takes right. him to the NFC Championship game again. All takes right. him to the NFC Championship game against New Orleans. Okay. What do you do? What do you do? You asking me? I'm sticking with, I'm sticking with Wentz. Wentz is the better quarterback. He's the quarterback of the future. I'm building my team around Wentz, but Wentz has shown potential to get injured pretty easily, and he doesn't know what postseason football looks like. Nick Foles, however, an experienced journeyman, is a quarterback you keep on your roster for situations like this. Nick Foles could have been a starter. A lot of a lot of places. A lot of places would have taken him after Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. Man, you got choices. And he re-signed with the Eagles. Well, he wasn't traded. He 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 wasn't traded, had that nice little two year contract, didn't get traded this offseason. He back up (coughs) went for this opportunity. Again. You stick on a team like this because they need you and you're on this roster to win. Backup QB, starring QB, they don't care. The fact that they have a Super Bowl MVP backing up a franchise oh quarterback. I don't know any other team that has that depth of quarterback. No. And a switch flips when we hit December and January with Nick Foles. I don't know what it is. I, I can't understand it. He just turns into a different quarterback. And the reason that this question shouldn't really be asked is because we all know Nick Foles is not consistently this player. Oh, yeah. When we hit the playoffs, a switch flips. So that's why he's on your roster to be a backup. But 
if you're looking for a steady, consistent franchise quarterback, Wentz is always your option. And I think no matter what Foles does this postseason, Wentz will continue to be the starter. It's it's valid to ask that question, but I totally I totally see Foles as a glorified backup. I don't know like any backup QBs in my experience that are Super Bowl MVPs. It's very unlikely. And most QBs after a story like that would be starting on their own teams. Case but, Keaton, for example. Yeah, I mean they just they took he took a backseat to Carson Wentz for this opportunity. He got it. And let's just see what happens. Let's see a little Foles magic. A little St. Nick December Big magic. Big Nick. Big Nick. <laughs> but no, Big no, Nick no. energy from Nick Foles. Foles. Yeah, no, but uh, I, I, to my, the opinion always is Nick Foles is obviously a lot older than Carson Wentz. Yeah, he's a journeyman. Though. He doesn't have the mobil- m- m- exactly always the mobility that Wentz has. But the same thing keeps playing in my mind. Injuries. Injuries, injuries, injuries. And what concerns me, and what, if I was an Eagles fan, what would concern me is whether or not does Carson Wentz have glass bone syndrome? <laughs> does he have that glass bone syndrome? I mean, maybe. I've seen a lot of good players go down to that. Uh, for me as a Steelers fan, Rashard Mendenhall mm-hmm. is a player that I remember who uh, we... Had a very good running back in. He was talented. Had a couple of thousand-yard seasons as he came to the league. But he got hurt a lot. Mm-hmm. Glass bone syndrome. You know, there are probably a couple out there, hundreds of other players you can name. And if I was Howie Roseman, that would be my biggest concern. Because you have to wonder, could I get a big draft from someone like the Redskins or the Jaguars? Could I get huge draft capital from them if I were to trade them Carson once? And let's say the Eagles select someone like a Drew Locke or Dwayne Haskins or, you know, the quarterback from Duke, who's, I think, Jones, like Christian Jones, I think his name is. You know, do you take that risk? You know, I mean, a lot of people have called me crazy, but I think I would take that risk here. I think if you're the Philadelphia Eagles, you sign Nick Foles, two-year deal, and I say you, you get serious? you get you get the draft capital you can get from Carson Wentz. The Are you draft cap. I am deadly serious. No, Joe, this is not. No, that's not how. It no, works. this is exactly no, how no, it works. No. This is Carson, exactly how it no, works. Carson Wentz is your franchise QB. No, you listen. Can't look at the postseason success of Nick Foles and be, oh. That's going to be my quarterback. Because you know well, when we hit September you, you next me, year, you he's met, not going to be the same but you have, but again, you He's going to be ass. You trade him to the Jaguars. You get a couple of first-round, you know, get like <laughs> one or two first-round picks. You get this year's first-round pick. Draft someone. Drew Locke. Dwayne Haskins. Christian Jones. They sit behind Nick Foles for maybe a year or two. Do you know they can take over this team? You have a player here that can do it for you. You have a great, and he's going to have great connections with the receivers. You have a very solid running game, when as long as they're healthy, probably one of the best running games in the league. When Corey Clement comes back. I mean, you have, you know, you have players like a good offensive line. 
a great defense Lane when the Johnson, secondary. Jason Kelsey. Brandon Jason Peters. Brooks, Jason Peters. You've got a great defense and a very good secondary when is isn't, you know, torn to shreds by injury. It's a good team. Yeah. Nick Foles is a quarterback who's stable. I trade Carson Wentz. But let's move on. All right, yeah. I disagree with you on that, though. Yeah, and this, and the next game, <coughs> uh, hate to have to talk about it. I'm really, really hate to talk about it. This is what we're all here for, Joe. The frickin' Pittsburgh Steelers lose in New Orleans. 31-28 to the Saints. Fall not only out of the division lead, but out of a playoff spot altogether. And have to depend on the fucking Cleveland Browns of all teams. The fucking Cleveland Browns of all teams. Hey, give Cleveland a chance. To have to win a division and barely even have a chance to make them in playoffs. Screwed the pooch. No, 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 no questions to Ben. 380 yards, three touchdowns. A.B., 14 attempts for 185 yards and two touchdowns. Big games. Drew Brees had a good game. We shut down Melvin Ingram and Alvin Kamara, though. Michael Thomas, he has a good game. Yes, he does. But this, this whole season, and I'm going to not even mention the game. The game was great. It was a good game. I am not pissed at the Steelers for losing this game. I am pissed at the Steelers for the situation they're in right now. The truth is Pittsburgh had, and I counted this. I, <coughs> excuse me, folks. I counted this, Zach. They had five opportunities. Five games I can think of off the top of my head. They wouldn't be in a situation right now. Number one. Week one. Chris Boswell doesn't miss like three field goals. You know, you do stuff like that. <coughs> Don't miss three field goals. You beat the Browns. Early season win. And who the fuck knows? Maybe that translates into, you know, success in week two, week three, week four. You know, you don't lose one of those two games in week two or week four. Don't lose one of those games. And now then you go to the Denver game. Three red zone turnovers that game. Xavier Grimble. I don't, and I don't know. I was watching the game. I don't know why you throw the ball to Xavier Grimble. The worst hands tight end we have. You have Vance McDonald, Jesse James, and then you have Xavier Grimble. I don't know why you give the ball to a tight end who has the worst hand in that situation. I don't know why. James Conner fumbles in the red zone. Ben throws what is probably his worst pick in the end zone. I mean, what am I supposed to do about that? What am I supposed to do about that? You can't. You know? You've got... Week, or then you got San Diego again. You blow a 23-7 lead in the second half. The second half. Against the Los Angeles Chargers. Lose that game. At home. In prime time. You win that game. We're not in this situation. 
You know, and you and you be um and you play a mediocre number four is play a mediocre game of football against the Oakland Raiders. You play a mediocre game of football there. You probably win that game. But no. You have to go out there and do this every single season. And unlike last year, you know, last year the Steelers were 13 and 3. 12 and 4. 12 and 4, 13 and 3 last year. Good team. You know. But they won the close games. This year they didn't win the close games, Zach. They're not winning the close games this year. And the same problems keep showing up. Year after year, this inability to perform week in and week out. And it frustrates me as a Steelers fan. It makes me furious as a Pittsburgh fan. Because I truly believe we have some incompetence when it comes to coaching. You know, there was a quote out there today. Today, Zach, from defensive coordinator Keith Butler of the Steelers, who says they're going to have issues guarding Bengals tight end Tyler Eifert. Tyler Eifert has been in the IR since September. He's not in the game. He's not playing. Why are you talking about Tyler Eifert when he's not playing? This guy needs to be fired. And I get it. 12th ranked defense in the league. Good for him. You know what? I think it would be a lot better with some of the players they have on this team. And in my opinion, it's a one-off year. So many different scenarios. So many. That, it sh- again, it just shouldn't be like this. Mike Tomlin should be fired, Zach. I don't know what anyone else thinks about this. Mike Tomlin needs to be fired. This is a locker room thing. This is a culture thing. And Mike Tomlin doesn't have the culture right there. That is Steeler football. And I mean, I don't know who the hell we'd hire as head coach. I have no clue who. I mean... I just don't know. It's infuriating to me as a Steelers fan. I've tried to stay calm throughout these last three to four years, but this year has been a culmination of everything. Mike Tomlin, you need to get fired. Get out of Pittsburgh. Keith Butler, you need to get fired. Get out of Pittsburgh. Maybe I don't know. Blow the whole thing up. Tank. Roll in the goddamn tanks, you know, you know, play the Val- song of the Valkyries, you know, dun 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 the fucking tank comes out over, you know, with the sun in the background. You know, that's what we're looking for in Pittsburgh right now. Trade Ben, for all I care. Trade, yeah, we should have traded Le'Veon, quite honestly, but we, you know, don't have any sight to do that. Don't have any sight to draft a sor- any safeties. <coughs> You know, keep playing Artie, you know, Burns, who week in and week out. All he does is get burned. (sighs) You know, it's it's Uh, frustrating. uh, Absolutely. It's like New England. Jacksonville even. Taking bigger steps than us because they've been able to build teams better. And you know what? They have better coaches. Well, we took one step forward and two steps (laughs) back. All right. Yeah. But well, that's my your, whole opinion on that game. <laughs> we got oh, your yeah. insight on that. Yeah. All right. We got to wrap this up. So Seattle Seattle went on to play Kansas City. They pulled out a nice victory. Seattle clinches wild card spot. Really happy for Seattle. 
Uh, Pat Mahomes, 23 of 40, 273 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Great game. Damian Williams, uh, he had 13 carries over 100 yards rushing. Tyreek Hill, four receptions, 74 yards. Russell Wilson, 18-29, 271 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Chris Carson, another great game, 27 carries, 116 yards, two touchdowns. And Doug Baldwin, seven receptions for 126 yards and a touchdown. Alright. And Seattle moves to 9-6. Kansas City, 11-4, drops 11-4. All four of Kansas City's losses have come in prime time. Losses to New England, Los Angeles Rams, Los Angeles Chargers, and Seattle. Quarterback comparison, Pat Mahomes had a quarterback rating of 103.4. Russell Wilson, quarterback rating of 127.2. Both these quarterbacks played well. And both the running games did fairly decent. It was a great game. And this really put a dagger in also the Eagles postseason hopes and the Vikings postseason hopes. And the fact that if the Vikings don't take care of business, Eagles get in. If the Eagles don't take care of business, Vikings get in. It really makes it interesting. Chiefs really had a good chance of getting that, that one seed. but Locked up. Now New England slips back into the two seed, which makes... All of us very frustrated because New England should just just die already. They're so fucking old. <laughs> uh, other other scores in the league. Uh, Washington lost to Tennessee. Big fucking deal. <laughs> uh, Giants lost to Indianapolis. Keep an eye on Indy. They could sneak the sixth seed with a win this week against Tennessee. Jacksonville decides to win a game, I guess. Uh, big fucking deal. I mean, <laughs> are we going to start Bortles or Kessler? I guess Bortles next week. <laughs> Atlanta takes care of Carolina. McCaffrey uh, sets a record for most halfback receptions in single-season NFL history. Hey, did you hear? Actually, let's go to Carolina. He'll open suggestion that the Panthers cut Cam Newton. He'll open because it would only cause like 8.5 in dead camp. I don't know. I mean, Superman Cam, he has a lot of potential. I mean, he's not consistent. I'll give you that. Yeah. But... I I would stick with him. I mean, stick he, with, oh yeah, same here. But I'm him. I think there's there's I'm just saying that there's been people putting it out were there. there. Were there rumors about that? There've been analysts putting it out there about it. So let's keep on the scores here. Uh, the Cleveland Browns go to 500, beat the Cincinnati Bengals, and play against Baltimore Ravens. Ravens win and they're in. Uh, Ravens lose to the Browns though, and uh, a lot of stuff has to happen. And uh, if the Steelers win. Ravens are out, basically. Uh, Minnesota smacks down the Detroit Lions. New England escapes Buffalo with a win. Four turnovers for the Patriots, but Buffalo's offense can't do anything, and that clinches their 10th consecutive division title. Makes us all very angry. Just shows how weak their division actually is. Uh, weak is. division. Green Bay and Pirate was one of the more exciting games over the weekend. Uh, beats the Jets... 44 to 38 and because Big of that comeback. and because comeback. of that game and Levante Adams catching that touchdown I lost my fantasy championship. Oh. So screw you Green Bay cuz I only lost by 4 points without that touchdown I win. So screw you Jets. Screw you. Uh the Rams destroy the Cardinals in what might be Larry Fitzgerald's last game in Arizona. Come to Jacksonville Larry. That's all Zach asks. He just wants you to come to That's all I ask. He might be a better quarterback. Yeah. Anything you have that if that passing touchdown shows. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chicago scrapes past San Francisco and Oakland in what might be their last game in Oakland. Absolutely. Beats the Broncos. Um, 
Van Joseph probably going to get fired very after this week of games. Uh, Van Joseph probably going to get fired. Uh, Steve Wilkes, also of the Arizona Cardinals, uh, likely to be fired. Uh, interesting, though, I've heard that both uh, Dan Quinn and Doug Marone are going to keep their safe. jobs. Yeah, they're safe. I've heard they're safe. Uh, we'll see how that pans out. Uh, other two other coaches that are going to be, like uh, I've heard, being fired, uh, a lot of talk around Ron Rivera mm-hmm. in Carolina. Uh, then some conversation around Jay Gruden. In I think Ron Rivera is safe. I think Ron Rivera, Doug Marone, and Dan Quinn are all safe. Some talk around uh, Jay Gruden. Jay Gruden, not John Gruden, but his brother Jay yeah, in Washington. Good, yeah. And uh, the Jets coach, Todd Bowles. Uh, still a lot of talk around He's him getting fired. Seat. He's definitely on the hot seat. A lot of talk about him getting fired. But of course, all that losing and all the tank bowls, that can only mean one thing. The NFL draft. And we look at the order right now. Right now, number 10, the top 10 teams in the NFL draft. Number 10, the Atlanta Falcons. A hugely disappointing season for the Falcons, obviously. Uh, Matt Ryan uh, missed his window, obviously. Playoff team last year. and They were just MIA this Morning. year. Yeah. Dead on arrival. Jacksonville falls to ninth for the victory. <sighs> Which makes Zach not happy. Very disappointing season. Uh, seven and eight right now, tied with the Giants and the Bills. Right now, that would have to go to a coin flip, I believe, to the side positioning. Sixteen, uh, the Buccaneers, Tampa Bay. Could they be looking on to move on from Jameis Winston this offseason? We don't know. Five, Detroit Lions, obviously in a bit of a rebuild right now. Uh, new head coach Matt Patricia. Lions have a lot of faith in him. Uh, a lot of talk around an offensive coordinator change in. Detroit coming next year. A lot of talk about a change at the offensive coordinator position. Number four, the Raiders. Fall down number four with a win over the Broncos. Good for sentimental value with that win. Bad for draft position. Number three, the Jets. The J-E-T-S Jets. Once again, looking like they're going to be in the top three of the draft this year. Last year they do it through trade. This year looks like they might do it through themselves. Uh, they snuck up there. They, they, weren't, they weren't on the radar for the top three. Uh, number two, the 49ers, obviously, uh, continue with all the injuries to the, a lot of their skill position players. Uh, now their top two running backs, both gone, both Matt Breida was go- is gone for these for these last two weeks, and Jack McKinnon was out for the season. I, I get me, I love McKinnon. Is that Garoppolo. a trade? We have to ask, is that a trade down potential right there? Could we yeah. see the number two? That's a definitely a trade down yeah. potential. I they see need, a lot they of need pass rushers. Yeah. So. Uh, we'll see. I think they're going to see what the, what's there, probably. It's a heavy defense draft, so I, it doubt, is. I doubt we'll see a trade down. For you them. never know, though. You never know. That's true. If it's such a defense-heavy draft, why wouldn't you, maybe? And number one, of course, the Arizona Cardinals. You trash team. You trash, disappointing team, wasting Larry Fitzgerald's Garbage career. Cans. Josh Rosen. All that talking from Josh Rosen in the air. I'm going to be the best rookie quarterback. You are wrong. You are not. You are the fifth. If anything, I'd place him fifth out of the five that were drafted in the first round. Mm-hmm. I think Josh Allen is better than you, sir, because at least Josh Allen can run with the ball. And if he can throw the ball far, maybe not the most accurate, but if he hits his receivers or if his receivers can catch the ball, it's pretty good. He's winning more games than you, Rosen. Yeah, exactly. So, with the top ten in the draft, let's, I'm going to take a look back at um, uh, last year's top ten a little bit. Uh, actually, the Leach Report, funnily, uh, Came out with an article about that today, uh, redrafting the 
2018 NFL Draft. So let's, I'm going to take a look through the top 10 here of last year's draft. Of course, number one, Baker Mayfield. Can't say I would change a thing, right? Zach, I mean, I can't say you would change a thing for the Browns with that pick. Obviously, this turned out to be a great pick, a huge pick, and a huge win for the Browns in the quarterback position. Now, do you think you think they found their quarterback, Zach? Do you think the Browns have found their quarterback? Oh, yeah. You think Baker Mayfield's the one? I was a doubter, but I'm liking him now. Well, I think, again, like we talked about last week, a lot of people were doubters. And, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be hard for teams to... To get past him. And then number two, uh, Saquon Barkley. I mean, obviously, Saquon's been a great player. But still a lot of questions, I think, surround whether the Giants made the right pick with him. Obviously, he's been a great player. But I think questions still surmise over whether the Giants made the right choice because of how bad Eli Manning's bid and how old he looks and how unmobile he looks. Do you think... Do you think the Giants would be are gonna be better off with Saquon, or do you think they'll be better off with uh, maybe if they had drafted a quarterback, Zach? What do you think? I like I love the Saquon. You still like the Saquon pick? Yeah, I love it. All right. Saquon's a dog. All right, number three. Last year was I believe Sam Darnold. The Jets, uh, kind of a weak start, but has shown numerous. Uh, what made him a top three pick last year, what, what a lot of people were calling him the potential number one pick. Uh, showed a lot of that last week and some of the weeks prior. Sure looks like a good pick to, <coughs> pick to me, Zach. Hopefully not a bust from USC here coming. I like the pick. What do you? I mean, I still like the pick. He's I got potential. So, I wouldn't change I mean, a thing. he's got young receivers around him like Robbie mm-hmm. Anderson. And Trey Herndon at tight ends showed some flashes. Yeah. Did you see that one-handed catch he made against the Packers? I did. Phenomenal. So I'm excited about that pick. Uh, number four, uh, this was probably one of the most questions pick of the top ten, but Denzel Ward Pro Bowl. is the first Pro Bowler out of all of these selections. He is the first one to go to the Pro uh, first-team selection. Uh, a, an incredible working season for him. Uh, obviously the corner that Cleveland was looking for. A lot of questions when they took... Uh, him over Minka Fitzpatrick. Happened, though, and it worked out. And uh, can't deny the effect he's had in the secondary. Then number five, Bradley Chubb. Defensive end. Had a, has a, had a decent rookie season. Maybe not the greatest, but very decent rookie season. He's going to pair nicely with Vaughn Miller for years to come. That's a deadly pass rush out there mm-hmm. in Denver. And it, just, it showed flashes in also some games. Derek Wolf is like, yeah. some nice pass rushers. But what might be one of the best picks in this draft? Quentin Nelson at number six of the Colts. How important has he been to Andrew Luck and the Colts' success this year? Critical. So critical. Uh, you know, offensive line position that's overlooked sometimes. It's become more and more focused on as we've gone on recently. But, yeah, huge, 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 huge Well, that's how Indianapolis has been successful. Oh, yeah. Built up that offensive line finally. Uh, you don't need great receivers. You just need a good quarterback and a good O-line, and that's all they needed, really. Uh, number seven, the Bills select Josh Allen. Still a lot of questions, I think, rightly surrounding this pick. Uh, accuracy issues. He's got to play more to show. But, I, yeah, I agree with you. He's got to play more. And he's shown he can do it on the ground, too. He has shown he can do it on the ground, too, as well, which is something that I don't think people were uh, expecting out of his game. But he's shown he's going to do it on the ground. He's athletic. Uh, give me another two years on this pick. Mm-hmm. And this is the pick we talked about last week, Roe Kruan's myth. 
love to that the Bears. Pick. Huge pick. Another pick that cemented that defense. Cemented that linebacker core. Bears D, best D. Are they going to be Super Bowl champion defense this year? Who knows? We'll talk about that next week. Number nine, uh, another big pick. Mike Lynchy has kind of certified himself as that tackle position there. Another good pick, protecting Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, obviously towards ACL, but hopefully that gives him some confidence as he comes back. And number 10, Josh Rosen. Did too much talking, sir. But there's still a lot of potential there. I think just the team around him needs to get better. And we'll see what happens from out there. But we are almost there, Zach. Yep. We are almost there. A lot of stuff can happen this last week. A lot of stuff can happen. Still playoff spots on the line. Both succeeds and the divisions still on the line. Come week 17. Big games to watch, of course. Steelers, Brown, um, uh, Steelers Bengals, Ravens, Browns for the AFC North. Uh, big game to watch for the succeed, of course, in the NFC. Vikings versus the Bears. And the Eagles play... Redskins. The Redskins. The big games week. Those are probably the top four you want to watch for the playoff. Those are probably some of the most exciting. Will Baltimore blow it again in Week 17? Who knows? We'll find out. But this has been another episode of Z-Dunks and the Wild Man. Thank you guys so much for listening again today. Episode 2. Hopefully episode three will be out next week sometime. Make it work. We'll keep it pounding. We'll keep it grinding. And potentially look out for a special mini college football episode coming out uh, with the big playoff games tomorrow night. Clemson versus Notre Dame and we'll Alabama. We'll too. So we'll see. And Alabama versus Oklahoma in the playoff games. Who do you got in those two games, Zach? Who do you think is going to be in the college football playoff final? Oh, how about you? I want to see your picks on this. All right. Uh, for me, I'm going to go with Clemson versus Oklahoma in the college football playoff final. Hmm. I, like I said, I would need to look at more stats and see. Honestly, Vegas Vegas knows who they want. So mm-hmm. it, it honestly depends on the quarterback play. And there's <laughs> been some quarterback controversy in Clemson this year. And I think we'll just see what happens. You see, that's you do, that's you, what's fun about college football. Exactly. That's we'll fun college football. It's going to be a high-scoring affairs, hopefully. It's going to be a lot of fun tomorrow night. Uh, four and eight o'clock, those two games. Big fun. Be excited. But this is another episode of Z-Dunks and the Wild Man. We will come back to you next week with episode three in the NFL season wrap-up. But until then, thanks, y'all, for watching. And happy thanks, New Year's. And happy New Year's and Merry Christmas. Let's keep it rolling. Almost done with the year of NFL.